Welcome back to the BMP pod. Today is Thursday, March 9th, episode 82. We're back for another episode. Um, Matty P, you're in the building. How are we doing tonight? I'm doing good. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, it's a long week, but we are three quarters of the way through it now, at least the, the work week, and I'm feeling good about that. Uh, I still don't know what the fuck's going on with this weather. Was planning on having some some clear, non-precipitous, is that a word? No precipitation. I uh, was hoping to get back on the golf course, and it's just not happening, at least where I'm at. it's The wind is bananas. The rain is off and on. Um, it's killing my vibe, but here we are. Mother Nature said no. Um, but mm-hmm. speaking of mothers, we're recording on uh, International Women's Day, so got to give a shout-out to all of the um, – Women in our life, women in sports, women in the workplace, everybody. Um, yes. You were missed to not salute and, um, yeah, show our support. Absolutely. Um, Great call. Yeah. So we got some, got a fun little episode planned tonight. Let's start with some dubs talk. Um, two nights ago, the Warriors played the Thunder in one of the more frustrating games of the season. Um, they lost 128 to 137. This is now the second straight loss. Um, Steph coming back from his injury Sunday against the Lakers, which they lost that as well. Um, these are the games you have to win. The road woes continue. Um, I don't know. Just just from the rewatch, the highlights of Steph and everything, what what stood out from you? We'll just start there. Um, and we'll go into some of the uh the pressing topics that we have for this for this game. <laughs> right. Well, I guess just in general, it's frustrating to come and lose two back-to-back after a five-game win streak. Um, I think like that Laker game had trap game written all over it after coming off a five-game homestand. Uh, and then Steph getting inserted back to, into the lineup. Obviously great to have him back. He's instantly like a game changer. But I think as we've seen all season, when Steph goes out, Jordan Poole comes back into the starting lineup. He plays better in those starting rotation minutes. And then when Steph comes back and uh, Jordan has to go back to the bench, he's having a really tough time um, transitioning back to that role, which is super frustrating. And of all things, his defense has really been the one that has stood out to me, especially in these losses. Lack of effort, lack of intensity, um, just been really really lackluster and pitiful on the defensive end and it's led to really easy baskets um and just bad perimeter defense in general has has really shot us in the foot and has these teams we're playing against shooting really well against us so what was the the numbers for the thunder they shot uh 45 or almost 46 percent from three the other night Mm -hmm. they made 17 at 37 threes which is going to be difficult to win against um and yeah, it, it, like Shea went off. He had an incredible game, 33 and six. Josh Giddy had a, uh, a triple double, 17, 17, and 11. Uh, I mean, that line. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. So yeah, we just, they outplayed us, I think, plain and simple. Yeah, the, the defense thing is tough because it's like, Pool's like the obvious one to pile on, but there's been, I mean, Jamichael Green is awful on defense. Um, just across the board, if it's not like Draymond, Kuminga, Dante, like everybody just seems out of place. Um, I think Poole is the most like egregious when it comes to like lack of effort, missed assignments, missed rotations. Um, 
And I, I, I do know that like Warriors Twitter has started starting to like put a spotlight on that because you combine that with this poor shooting. Um, I think over the last 10 or even on the year, he's shooting like 32% from the three. Um, I think at this point, Draymond's shooting a better clip than he is, but granted, volume <laughs> matters there. Um, his best friend. His best that, friend. Uh, that other play that people keep floating around on the internet, I think I forget yeah, what cool. was it was it the second half? I forget or no, it was it was in the first half. Uh yeah. Draymond cut to the in the middle of the key, was open for a good, I mean, two two Mississippis. He was mm-hmm. wide open. Poole had the ball on the wing, did not throw it to him, kind of came up a little bit higher in the key, still didn't throw it to him, swung it to Clay. And by the time Clay tried to pass it to Dre, he had already turned his back, hands up, given up on the play. Um, just horrible body language. But I mean, that type of shit wears on you when especially when you are making up for all of his deficiencies on the defensive end, and then he comes back on the other side of the court and completely ignores you. Um not 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 a good recipe for success yeah and there's these they're, they're obviously growing pains with pool um and it's like you need him on the floor for his offensive production that he provides but like you said it initially like his his game completely changes when he's coming off the bench and frankly he has to play that role with this team he like we can't start him over Dante at this point because we need the defense. I think Dante's solidified that starting point, that starting guard position right now um, for the time being, just because he does more defensively than Poole, and we need Poole to to run that second unit. And he just, he refuses to, like, figure it out. I don't know if it's the rotations that change. I don't know if it's, like, just the idea of him starting versus coming off the bench, making, maybe he thinks that he's, like, more deserving of a starting. I don't know what it is that's in his head there, but it's 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 going on the second season of this being the case. And I just don't I don't have faith in this going into the playoffs, to be honest. Um but yeah, the Draymond thing you you mentioned was, was interesting too, because it's like we talked about it, you know, after the aftermath of the punch. And I think one of the questions I had was yeah, the punch. Um, <laughs> like, what happens when shit gets real? Like, is Draymond going to yell and bark at Poole? And I think last night or Tuesday night you saw, if he hadn't punched him in the face in August or whatever, October or whatever, like, he would have been up his ass. He wouldn't be throwing his hands off and, and walking away. I think he still feels like he can't cross that line mm-hmm. because of everything that happened before the season. And I think... That also leads to his ability or, you know, who he can press, how he can press. Um, I think that's where you're seeing these ripple effects of of that incident. Yeah. And Poole feels like he can't be touched, right, in, this, in these cases too. Like, he's going to get his text. He's going to, like, do his shit. He's going to, like, do his things. And if it's not like Steph coaches, like, high up people – I feel like at this point he's not really listening to people. I mean, there's a few moments earlier in the season with like Clay throwing his hands up when Pool's when Pool's making mistakes. I, I just think it's one of these things where like <laughs> I hate saying this, but like someone's got to reel him in. I know Steph's not the vocal oh, yeah. vocal guy, but he, he needs to be reeled in a little bit. Um, because at the end For of the sure. day, like we need him to play these thirty plus minutes, and we need him to score more than eleven points, and we need more from him, and with 16 games left in the season, like it is a huge worry 
um, assuming we get everybody back healthy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and if you just look at the numbers compared to last year and not necessarily like his, his per games, but just his like field goal percentage has gone down. I mean, not considerably last year, he shot like 44.8 this year from the field, he's 42.7, but you had mentioned the three point, like he steady was getting better every year from his rookie year until <clears throat> last year when he got that bag. And now it's, 32 and a half, which for the volume that he takes is just not acceptable. Two and two and a half threes made off eight shots is not what you want to see. Um, and the turnovers are up. He's up to 3.2 turnovers a game. Uh, I, I mean, obviously the the constant shuffling and uncertainty of the rotation isn't going to help, but yeah, I think a lot of it have like has to do with the altercation he got into and he feels like nobody could tell him shit now. And yeah. It's just not a not a good recipe. And like his decision making just overall has been like poor, even when he is scoring. I mean, mm -hmm. even when he is putting up numbers and and I think what's tough is like he's still known to like hit a big shot when we need him to. And he's still really great offensively. I think it's just like his overall decision making combined with his lack of defense, combined with like his inability to kind of just lean more into where the vets are trying to go. He's still like, he should be at this point after signing, after winning the championship last year, like you'd want him to be more on the side of the four vets or the five vets, whoever you want, rather than being like still on the side of the quote unquote young guys, which I feel like just the way he's playing, he definitely still falls in that bucket. And mm -hmm. there is that disconnect between like the vets and the young guys. And that's sort of leading to why we're struggling and we can't, you know, play as a cohesive group is why we can't figure out how to win on the fucking road. I mean, we are uh, sitting at 27 and seven at home, seven and 25 on the road. Um, yeah. Yeah. 16 yeah. games left on the schedule. Nine of those are on the road. And so like, yeah, sitting in the fifth spot right now, I, I, like we can't lose every single one of those fucking games or else. No. And that's not the seed you want to be in going into this year's playoffs. I think we could probably confidently say that the Suns look like they're probably going to lock up that four seed, right? I mean, we'll talk about Memphis in a minute, but I think their uncertainty at the three seed could go either way. But the Kings look like more and more they're they're locking up the two seed. Yeah. Five is not where you want to be playing the Suns in the first round. Um, so it's <laughs> – I mean, the, the uncertainty in the Western Conference, who knows if we're even going to be that high at the end of the season with all those road games. I mean, we very well could finish in the ninth spot and be in the play-in, which is scary as well. I was going to um, say, we, <laughs> we, God, we, we're a bad stretch away from being in that ninth spot. Um, I mean, because we're in five. Minnesota's half a game behind in the sixth spot. So is Dallas and the Clippers. So we lose tonight. Those guys win. <laughs> We're sitting in that eighth spot with the Lakers knocking on a door, who are playing very well without LeBron. And I hate to say it, they're a dangerous team to face, especially in the play-in. And so I think, like, like everybody, like we just have to win and get a playoff spot, or else, you know, Trouble. a play-in road, a play-in road game, you can kiss them goodbye. Like at this point, I don't have any confidence. And our ability to win on the road right now. Um, Me either. I mean, all season they haven't proved it. Like, we had a tough ass stretch ahead of us, dude. 
Yeah, we've proven the opposite. And the the part of our game that hurts the most on the road, which is perimeter defense, isn't getting any better. We've still got mm-hmm. Gary Payton sitting on the sideline. Andrew Wiggins is still out for personal matters. We don't really know when that's going to come back around. Um, yeah. Obviously, I, I do appreciate the Warriors. I think they kind of learned their lesson with Wiggs when the info about him not getting the COVID vaccine leaked and he kind of voiced his distrust in the organization. I'm glad now that they're not telling the entire world why he's out. Uh, yeah. It is frustrating, obviously, but I mean, for the betterment of the future with him in the, the organization, I'm glad they're handling it this way. But without him in uh, GP, like it's it's tough sledding ahead. I don't I don't know how we're going to close the gap on defense on the road, and that's the biggest pain for sure. And even when he does come back, and yeah, I agree. I think like the not disclosing it out of respect for you know every time you hear family matters, like people don't need to hear it. People don't need to know. It, right. Obviously, we want to know what's going on, but it's like <laughs> basketball aside, it is not our business to know what's going on with with Wiggins and his family. So you just gotta hope for the best. I'm glad that we're giving him the space. I'm glad that we're giving him the time. I'm glad even players are still in support of him. Yeah. Um, and when he comes back, because we only have so many games left, like we still need him to get his like stamina back up we need him to like get back into the rotation get his like flow back in rhythm even this year he's only played 37 games like he had like the hip injury or like the um the core injury or not the core the hip injury mm-hmm. he's had sort of a shaky year with just his inability to stay on the floor consistently and to say let's say he comes back in a week you know 13 12 games to to figure it out before the playoffs like that's just not enough time um, I can I can already hear the bricks from him shooting threes, trying to get he his wasn't rhythm back. Well to start the no, season, like, he was shooting horribly this year, and I can yeah. already hear like the the sound of it clanking off the the back of the rim and the line drive threes. They're haunting me already. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if we're gonna have enough time to to everybody get back and have some cohesion. It's gonna be tough, but that championship DNA does give a little bit of hope, like it did last year. So one thing we have that people don't. Um, right. You mentioned the the roster a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about what the hell are we doing with our roster to, to finish up this season? Like we have <laughs> GP two still hurt. Wiggins is still out. Um, Lamb's two ways up. We just signed Lester. Good police to a 10 day. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been sort of rolling out this small ball lineup right now. We saw it the other night with Steph, Clay, Dante, Kaminga, and Dre. Um, I'm such a big Dante fan. I know I, I hate players like this. We just have to lo- let them go next year because we can't Kiss afford them. Yeah, um, he's on and, greener pastures. And the Light Years boys, they uh, they brought this question up. But like, what do we do from like a our go to our small ball lineup, assuming everybody's healthy come playoff time? Like, do we like do we sit down Dante for GP two? Do we go Dante over GP two? I think you got to assume Wiggins over Kaminga, but like I'm, I'm loving what Kaminga's doing. Um, I'd say over the last month, if you will. Um, I think they're going to yeah. have to bring. I think they're going to have to bring Kaminga and and GP two off the bench, just with the way Dante has been playing, and not only like his effort <clears throat> and how much he adds on defense, but I mean he's having a career year shooting from on the, beyond the arc too. So. Yeah, you add that into it. I mean, I think you could do a lot worse than GP two and, and Kaminga off the bench to spell those guys. Yeah, with, with the small ball lineup. 
Dante's been incredible, dude. It's, it's so <laughs> sad that like we're gonna at lose a him. speed that's like 10x more than anybody on the floor, and he's just he's all over the place, right? Um, and I it's like fuck, where's he gonna go, dude? Like somebody's gonna throw him a, a sizable bag, but I do think he'll be choosy in in deciding where he's gonna play because he's already voiced that he likes to play a certain way, he likes to go to a, a winning atmosphere. So it'll it'll be interesting. But I, I think it's pretty – I think there's like 99% chance he is not coming back to Golden State next year. But Yeah, I, I don't think so. It's not the end of the world because we are going to have GP2 under contract for another two years. So yep. those those minutes will open up for the boy. Yeah, it was a good run. But, yeah, we'll see. And then and then, uh, fucking Lamb, I'm assuming we'll, we'll fill that 15th spot with him. But his two ways up, yeah. he's been down to Santa Cruz with um, – with the rest of the young guys, Moses. Moody's been down there. Yeah, Mo- Moses has been down there. Yeah, yeah. Kerr, Kerr's got a yeah. major hard on for Lamb. He's already said in like press conferences, "Oh, I'd love to have him on the team full time." So, I think I was reading that the only reason we signed Lester to a two way was to pretty much bide time for us to convert Lamb to a, a permanent rotation player. Yeah. Uh, so I think once his ten days up, maybe that's when they're gonna sign Lamb for the rest of the year. Yeah, and that's when the health comes into play because, like, kind of put – Jermichael Green's just been terrible. He just does not fit the system. Um, so it's like, like he's been a little better as of late, no? He has I stretches. I, every time I've watched him, I have not been, like – impressed. He just looks slow out there. He looks behind. He's not really, like, being able to – not to say he's ever been, like, the most, like – defensive force but it's just like you want him to sort of be that inside guy and he's just not he doesn't even look like he's moving out there um and then yeah, the other he, night just his defense is just he's just lost on defense as like a help player yeah his defensive rotations hasn't haven't been great i mean he had a decent uh february i feel like but yeah he's been spotty at best he's got moments but i think just collectively it's just like god but it's like him or Lamb, and and you know Kerr's going to default to Lamb once we sign him. So, yeah. Although I I could see, I mean, God willing, we make the playoffs. But all these people shitting on Lamb, I think <laughs> bringing back big time Damian Lee vibes. Like Lamb's the guy that's going to play a lot of minutes in the regular season, fill different uh, rotation spots, play a lot of different ways. But then when it comes down to the playoffs, he's probably going to end up being like that ninth man. Like is Lamb really going to get meaningful minutes? when we're deep in a playoff run, I don't know. I I agree with that. I, I was, as we're talking about him versus green, like at this point I lean lamb just because he plays a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're going to hope that he makes his shots, but yeah, it minus the vibes. He definitely plays that, that D Lee spot for sure. Where it's, he just eating up minutes during the regular season. Exactly. And what more can you ask for from like a 14 spot? Or Somebody's got to do it. Right. Not Iggy, so. Yeah. And, I mean, when you get into the playoffs, you're going to have – how many guys are you going to run out there on a on a full rotation? It's going to be like eight Seven, dudes, right? Eight, yeah. yeah. So, Steph, Dante, Dre, Kaminga, Loon, GP2, Jordan Poole. That's already seven right there. Clay, eight. Wiggins, nine. So, like, these guys aren't going to be sniffing the court. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's got to get to the season, man. These yes. uh, 16 games – What's hilarious, though, is looking at the standings. 
like there's only going to be one team over 50 wins in the West. The West is pitiful this season. It's been the most Midwestern conference year I've ever witnessed. 38 wins in March for the second place team is crazy. That's why it feels like the season's not almost over. It's like everybody, it seems like when you see like 38 wins, 38, 36, 34, it's like we're barely at the all-star break with normal, with normal, uh, normal standings, but right. Yeah, I've never, I've never, I've never witnessed this bad of a Western Conference before. People and wanted parody, man. People bloody, wanted parody. It is nasty. Um, so the Warriors moving on. The Warriors play the Grizz Dogs tonight, who have been in shambles. This is a season from hell, I guess, given how they sort of went into the season. Um, I guess we'll start with the most recent things and then work our way down to the obvious one. So. Just today, or I guess yesterday, uh, on the release. So, Dre got on his podcast and responded who, to Dylan Brooks, who was just like, "I don't like Draymond Green. He uh, does all He's this okay. talking. He's okay, just talking his shit." Um, and Draymond, in his very Draymond way, responded, clapped back, um, line by line, line by line, broke it down. And continuously talked about his four rings, how he's uh, makes an impact. Uh, he kept calling Dylan Brooks an idiot and a clown. Question if his team only liked every even liked him. I thought that was hilarious. Idiot the team don't even like you. The girl don't like you. I don't like you. Yeah. Like capping off every line with idiot. That shit had me fucking dying, dude. It was incredible. But yeah, he was ripping him apart line by line, telling him he didn't know. What did he say? You're you have the basketball knowledge of a casual fan. I wouldn't expect you to know that. You just don't know basketball. Like <laughs> cooked his ass. Yeah, he, he cooked. He said, "I got good. two gold medals. You would have to get two gold medals. You would have to beat Team USA, and that's not yeah. fucking happening." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, he went after Canada as a as a uh, nation. It was great. <laughs> um, it was it was like it reminded me of like an old like rap battle diss. Um, it, he ethered him pretty much. Yeah, I do it's love that words. Dylan Brooks just take. He's just like this gets fucking punched in the face all the time. I not literally, but like he's just taking mm-hmm. shit talk. People are just talking shit about him, cooking his ass, and he yeah. just stands there. He's like the uh, that wrestling it's... meme where the dude's just walking into the entrance, getting like beers thrown at him and like people <laughs> spitting on him and shit. He just it's all he's got. Uh, yeah, it's all he's got. Wearing a stone cold outfit. Yeah. Minus any belts or like actual like positives to his game, but he's just sitting there (laughs) just taking it, dude. Like, I don't care. I don't care. Wearing shirts that snap at the bottom. Dylan Brooks a fucking clown. Idiot. (laughs) (laughs) If you ever wonder why the Memphis Grizzlies is not ready to compete for a championship, look no further than this idiot right here. They're actually depending on this guy to win, to help them win a championship. He's not wrong, dude. The motherfucker does not stop shooting. He's always getting technicals. Um, yep. But yeah, we don't need to go into that. But what, what did he, uh, fuck? I got to pull it up. Um, shout out to the fellas from Light Years. Sam tweeted out something that cracked me up, uh, kind of in response to that video. Uh, what did he say? He said, uh, like, Damn, I don't know if I could find it. Something to the effect of like Dre knows exactly what he's doing. 
Brooks is going to try and be Kobe tomorrow and go like three for 30 from the, from the <laughs> yeah. field. Going to show him with an eight to eight for 27 night. Right. I mean, he is. He That's what he does. Um, but yeah, the Grizz Dogs, man, they, they just dropped from the th- second spot to the third seed. Um, I guess they're tied right now, but Kings have to get the, the tiebreaker. But they're now in the third seed in a Western conference that no, no teams worry them. Um, they've had Steven Adams out. Good. Steven Adams been out forever. Not I'm a big Brandon Clark. I'm a big Brandon Clark fan. Um, Me too. Sucks to see him go loss. out with the torn Achilles. He's yeah. nasty, man. I, I'm a big BC guy, but the biggest news is 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 John Morant. So John Tani, a lot about John Morant over the last couple months. Um, I think even from the start of when he had that interview saying that like we're fine in the West. Yeah. He's just been getting like clowned ever since, I feel like. Um, I went downhill from there. Went downhill from there. Sort of the big events was like the Shannon Sharp thing that we talked about. Um, and most recently, over the weekend, he was on IG Live at a club and pulls out the blicky, puts a little gun by his fingertips. Looks like he's at like a strip club or something like that. Yeah. Um. What turned out to be what we thought was like a two-game suspension opened up this like whole like investigation about the gun and where he's at with the gun and if he's traveling on the plane and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's been so much fucking speculation out there right now. So I don't know what's real right now as far as like I've seen some things talk about like he checked himself into rehab, which I don't think is true, but I do think he's been murdering tequila on his <laughs> socials as of late um yeah, he's been drinking i remember he's been he drinking was, real drinking <laughs> yeah i remember him putting up like ig live videos i think it was probably on his first private plane to all-star weekend just yeah ripping casamigos, casamigos to the face and i was just like damn like he, he looks a little too comfortable drinking that for a, a young fella like to the, yeah. to the dome piece um, so like if it's drinking related i do I really hope that he gets some help because all this shit that he's doing off the, off the court aside, like he's still an incredible basketball player. Um, the whole gun thing. So initially we thought like the Glendale, so he was doing this in Colorado um, earlier today. Shams came out to said that the Glendale, Colorado police closed their investigation. Essentially being like no harm, nothing happened. Um, yeah. No, nothing to really investigate, which is a good sign for Jaw's ability to come back. Um, yeah, but I think, I think the NBA charge is still, him for a video. Yeah, like he had a gun on him. He didn't do anything with it. No one got hurt. No one's even saying like it was a bad incident. So, not enough to to charge him with anything, which is good. Um, but the NBA is still investigating like that gun and where it came from, and is he traveling on the plane with it? And that can lead to like a much bigger suspension. Um. I can hit him with a 50 piece. If 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 that gun was in an NBA locker room or on an NBA plane or bus, it's a 50 game suspension. Oof. Which I believe stems from the Gilbert Arenas rule. Uh, right. From when him and Javaris decided to play cops and robbers in the locker room. Um <laughs> so yeah, this this could balloon into something huge. I think the light, latest I heard is that he'll be out for I forgot where I saw it. I want to say like another four games or something. They're taking it slow, releasing things bit by bit. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if it ended up being like a 
week one week thing we maybe two at the most like seven games something like that in total um, yeah and i think this is like i know everybody's joking about it and it's like i don't at this point it's not really something to joke about there's all these like everybody talking about like him wanting to be a thug and being a gangbanger out in memphis and shit like that like that's all like fun and games and i think like at the end of the day he was on a very slippery slope and sure this is a very minor incident that can sort of set him straight because like assuming he takes this seriously i feel like as he's seeing his team completely just like fizzle out towards the end of the season on a year that they thought they were going to win the championship like him not being there is huge and being away from your team over some stupid shit like that like oh yeah a good wake-up call um but yeah, man, it's it just shows like the Grizzlies are just so unserious, and like it shows right. the the slim margin of error that you have when it comes to like your window because like people got to start getting paid on that team. They have a bad season this year. People are gonna start fizzling out, and that like quote unquote self proclaimed dynasty that they had like that timing is up for them, dude. <laughs> like yeah, it's not looking good for the, the Grizz dogs. One of the funny caveats to this story too is that supposedly this happened the whole gun in the strip club ordeal happened the night either the night of or the night after steven adams called the players only meeting mm-hmm. with the grizzlies to tell them i think we're getting a little out of hand going out on the road we should probably tone it down a bit people shouldn't be going out as much and then sure enough the next morning jaw's showing up on his ig live throwing a little tiny gun out there like <laughs> what, what are you even doing this for i don't understand this generation of what do you whatever you want to call them gen zers or whatever basically just snitching on yourself like you know what i mean like if if you feel like you need to have a gun or carry a gun that's your decision i think with the crew that he's running with obviously it's very well known he doesn't hang out with his teammates outside of basketball he hangs out with his own circle have one of them hold the fucking guns and if you are going to have a gun don't put it on the internet like how stupid are you i just don't understand the thinking that goes into that like, I don't have an issue with Ja drinking tequila or being a booze hound. Many players have done it. Many players have succeeded. A lot of people point to AI. AI used to go out and drink like three bottles of champagne and then go drop a 50 piece. So I don't <laughs> care what he does, but like the whole gun thing and exposing yourself to it is just so fucking dumb. It, it's pointless. Yeah. So that they, they've lost three straight now. They had that game Friday night in Denver. And then right. Saturday morning is when we saw the uh the video and it's just like the picture of it too with him just like smiling <laughs> holding it like, like he got a new toy uh, he's holding it by its edge like it's a little yeah. like water gun it it's right. just like why yeah, even it's... do that i don't understand what <laughs> and not to mention the other like articles that have come out of him getting into trouble like going to the to a mall to like confront a security guard who was getting into a yeah, his mom's mom. fight with someone in finish line like yeah i don't i don't understand doing, supposedly he fought like a 17 year old during a pickup <laughs> game and flashed a gun at him we talked about the whole indiana pacers bus thing where he shined allegedly shined a laser at their bus i don't know like <sighs> it's it's just interesting how all of this be stuff, down yeah, yeah. According to Skip Bayless, he is a crip. He wants to be a crip. He wants to be initiated by the crips. I don't, I don't understand what's going on. But I, I initially, I was waiting for Ja to tweet out some meme or like GIF with a bunch of hats, just to. Well, that's the whole thing. The whole time, he's just been like, every time something comes out, it's yeah. either 
him on Twitter or someone with like it's just cat cat lying cat. lying defamation like the lying and it's like mm. finally dog, it's it's a lot of fucking shit that's happening. <laughs> that's how I knew this one was real. He finally came out and and uh put out a statement himself saying that he he did right. I think he tweeted out um I think so. some sort of I can't find it now. I think he deleted his Twitter, but uh. I do see right here that that Woj tweeted out uh, John Morant will remain away from the Grizzlies for at least the next four games. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds like maybe about seven in total. I'm sure he'll be back after that, though. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, at the end of the day, he's getting off lucky. Um, shit sure. could have gotten way worse. Um, but yeah, it's just like fucking relax, dude. Just play basketball. <laughs> yeah. make some friends in the league like make friends with somebody like don't be right. friends with dylan brooks but maybe be friends with like <laughs> steven adams or something like that be yeah. <laughs> steven adams seems like a swell guy i'm sure he'd teach him how to do the uh what's the dance that he does the new the zealand uh, yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sure they could do that together he could show him the gritty they could trade moves yeah do some new zealand things like that <laughs> right but yeah what, whatever he's doing right now it ain't working so yeah um, you know what is working? Oh, who is working? Me. Is the uh, the NBA media? They are new media, new and old. They are <laughs> going at each other's throats lately over the uh, the MVP conversation. So this will be potentially Jokic's third year in a row winning the MVP. It's only been done one other time by uh, Larry, Legend. Larry Legend, Bird Machine, Larry Bird. Um, we picked, if I'm not mistaken, I know I picked Giannis to win the MVP this year. I don't know if you know off the top of your head who you picked to win the MVP this year. Off the top of my head, I don't, but I could easily find it while you're talking. Um, that all to be said, essentially what people are bringing up is essentially like the fact that he's white and... Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. <laughs> oh, you picked Luka? <laughs> Me, the white media, chose Luka. Uh, and it's gone from as far as like, you know, Kendrick Perkins and JJ Reddick got into it the other day on first take, where JJ Reddick was like, You just said all the NBA writers are racist. And he's like, <laughs> I'll just state facts. I'll state facts. Uh, a great first take argument. Um, and it kind of just comes down to the question of like, in which I think JJ Reddick was incredibly wrong to assume that there's no bias in this voting. Um, yeah, that that's crazy. And the the, the question just begs: like, is there bias towards the the writers right now in the media? It has to be a bunch of those old white writers. I'm sure they love nothing more than to see somebody with light skin go out there and put up the numbers that they're putting up. So, do I think all of them are? No, I don't. But are some of them? Absolutely. I think you're crazy to to think everyone is level headed and unbiased. Right. And I think it happens when there's instances where they lean towards uh, that candidate over you others. Can we can say, like, going back to the Nash years when he won back to back, this a similar conversation was brought up. Um, and I think what comes down to it is like at this point, the voters, the writers, like, they are all in the same room together maybe not like actually doing the voting but they're all like buddies they're all like 
working together, collaborating together, like all this shit, which means they're going to talk a lot and influence each other. And I think where the NBA has gone and you see it in JJ Reddick's like whole like media personality, it's, it's all driven towards analytics and they're always just going to lean towards what do the analytics say? If the analytics are high, that person should be the MVP. And that all to say, like, I think Jokic is by far and away this year's MVP. Um, I think he's brought the team to the first place uh, in the West. Again, historic numbers, all these things and accolades that, you know, is well-deserving of an MVP. I think last year you can maybe make an argument that he shouldn't have been the MVP with them playing in the sixth seed. Um, like mm. the whole concept of like MVP should be at the top of their, their conference. It's only been a few that haven't been under there. And I think that's what it kind of comes down to where they lean their bias towards Jokic, where I thought, I thought last year MB should have been the MVP. Um, and I think like just that always like move towards analytics, they're always going to lean that way. But there is that little bias there and whether they're doing it on purpose, like you're an idiot to say that there's no bias involved in in making these decisions. Yeah, totally. Total, I mean, I, I have nothing more to add. You hit it right on the head. I think that was perfect and eloquently said. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, being leading your team to a, a one seed in your conference, averaging a triple double, and you don't have any other all-star on your team. I think that's pretty fucking impressive. Um, I'm going to send you a uh, this graphic that somebody tweeted out. I don't know if you've seen this. but Tom um, Habershaw, his little yes. graphic. That was yeah. insane. I saw Nicol- that prepping for this, for this uh, episode. Yeah, it says Nikola Jokic has never had a teammate selected to an all-star, all-NBA, or all-NBA de- all defense. Um, here's the only MVP to have that distinction at this point in their career. A typical MVP had 12 by now. And Jokic is the only MVP that has had zero altogether. No All-Stars, no All-NBAs, and no All-Defense, which fucking blew my mind. Thinking back, I'm like, Jamal Murray hasn't had one, hasn't made one All-Star game yet? Which makes sense. He came alive in the bubble and then got hurt after. Yeah. Um, But looking at this list, it, it is pretty crazy. You look at just above Jokic, KG. KG played with two All-Stars. Uh blew my mind how low Jordan was on the list, but I, it was really just Jordan and Pippen. Yeah. Jo- Jordan played with two two All-Stars, uh, one All-NBA, and two All-Defensive teams. And then, I mean, it goes up and up and up with very was like Rodman? Rodman never made All-Defensive? I had to have, right? Rodman and Pippen, too. No, MJ? I thought he made All-Defensive. But yeah, at, I'm sure they got I it I don't right. think they're counting themselves, but yeah. Oh, gotcha. Um, you're right. You're right. The cast. But at the very top, which is crazy, is Magic Johnson. And really? Being blessed with, with the, the artillery of weapons that Magic Johnson had on those Lakers teams is absolutely nuts. At the top of the list with 13 All-Stars, 6 All-NBAs, and 10 All-Defense. And that's what you get when you play with Kareem, not to mention Big, James, Big Game James uh, and a couple others, but mostly yeah. the man Kareem. It's a pretty ridiculous list. Um, Steph's pretty high up there. Steph's pretty high up there. And again, like, it. what sucks is, like, it's taking away from Jokic, and, and I think he'd be the first to say, like, this is all, like, the dumbest arguments that people are making. 
Oh, see, um, I I feel like this graphic supports Jokic more than anything. You think it takes away? I think that this no, 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 is... no. I'm saying the, the argument as a whole, not not. Oh, this graphic. yeah, yeah, yeah. This graphic definitely supports Jokic, and again, it's yeah. why I think Jokic is like MVP. I think he's easily this year's MVP. I think again, Embiid can make a really strong case, but I think just like we talk about this every awards year, like what what defines the winner of this award? Every time, aside from maybe a few years, like Westbrook when he averaged triple-double, like mm-hmm. it's always been like the player needs to be at the top of their conference. And last year, they finished sixth. Um, that's what, again, I don't think he, sh- I don't think Jokic should have won it last year. Um, but again, he's doing historic numbers. And I think like there is a bias there where it's like the play- the, the writers want to see like someone that looks like them win MVPs. So they love it. And they, they gear, they move towards the analytics um but what do we have in the eastern conference in the eastern conference we've got i guess you i mean he's obviously not doing the same uh amount of numbers that Jokic is doing but Giannis has the bucks at the very top of the conference in the number one seed he's getting 31 points 12 rebounds five and a half assists a game i mean i think that's this is his best year yet scoring right yeah he's never averaged 30 in a season Middleton only played 22 games this year. Right. So I I don't think you can absolutely write off Giannis right now in this debate either. Um, But that's the thing. They talk about like the, you know, holidays and all-star. They talk about Giannis. But with Giannis, it was like voter fatigue. And that's kind of been the thing is like why LeBron hasn't won five straight MVPs because like the voters get tired, the voter fatigue. And it's like Mm -hmm. there's no voter fatigue right now. Jokic is continuously getting bounced out of the Western Conference Finals. He's not, like, taking his team farther than a first first couple rounds in the playoffs. And so they're essentially, like, removing the same arguments they made to where they to when they didn't want to give LeBron multiple MVPs, where they wanted to stop giving Giannis multiple MVPs. I think that's where, like, the people are getting a little frustrated with the writers who are being like, you're just making it about race. It's like, no, you're just inconsistent with how you vote and you're leaning towards nothing but analytics right now. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. Well, this, this is never going to solve itself unless they, which they're never going to do, but give some sort of guideline on what this award should have, whether, you know what I mean? Like it's very general. It's very broad. It could be interpreted different ways. And it almost is year to year besides obviously giving it to Jokic three, three, <laughs> three years in a row. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for a while, people uh, kind of like pushed back on Steph winning the first MVP that he got, saying, "Oh, you just gave it to the best player on the best team." Exactly. So you could argue with this many, many different ways. It'll never stop. Uh, but to make a, a short story long, I do tend to agree a little bit with what Perk is saying, as far as these these writers do have a little bit of racism in them. I mean. <laughs> That's that's not a far fetched idea. If there's that, there's also like they just like Jokic, the person, the player more. Like if someone in the media is like mean to them, Bill Simmons is the best example of that. Like how he hates Jalen Green. Like if someone's mean or slates yeah. fucking Kevin O'Connor, like he's gonna be like, I remember that. And whether he's doing it on purpose, like that bias is there. Mm-hmm. Um, like if all the writer, all the voters are a bunch of black dudes. 
maybe voting Giannis or Embiid probably <laughs> like probably so. real. Like mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I agree I with Kendrick's, Kendrick's point too. Like it's it's to say that it's not there. I think that's where JJ was just so fucking wrong. To say that it's like we're making up this narrative about it, or it's like to say that like we're crazy to think that there's some sort of like race related bias involved. Um yeah. It's I love JJ. I think JJ does a great job in the media, but that was a very brain dead response to what Perk said. I mean, have a read the room a little bit, <laughs> JJ. <laughs> Come on. JJ, yeah, he's just getting on his his analytics high horse right now. And it's and he was even giving that to Perkins, like, you gotta look at the stats. You're you just I know you don't, you're not educated enough to look at the stats. It's like, dude, shut <laughs> the fuck up. Like <laughs> Yeah, he, he goes a little bit too hard at Perk sometimes, I feel like. Yeah. In general. He's yeah. a competitive dude. I'm he, all for him going off on Mad Dog, but when you start right. calling people uneducated or you know thinking they're he's he's better than them to because he can look at fucking Raptor stats, like <laughs> get out of my face with that shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't need that, JJ. We're so. not here for the Raptor stats. We're not here for fucking advanced plus minuses. Like, no, no, like, not happening. There's a reason why Jokic was not picked first in the All Star game. I'll tell you that. Very much so. Bias yeah. there too. Like fucking a. <laughs> yeah, it goes in around and around. Yeah, like it's a circle. Miss you with that. <laughs> uh, all right. That all to be said, like I still love Jokic. I still think he is an MVP. I still don't even think the Nuggets win the championship this year. That's like no. they're going to get bounced in the Western Conference Finals. And I also just for the record, I don't think that Jokic stat pads either. Stay what you want. I, I no, nah, I, I don't think he stat pads. Either. I think whatever. I know Perk did say that, right? Yeah, I mean, Perk thinks everyone's stat pads, which say what you will, but I don't know. I, I I think it's hard to say that Russ was even stat padding. I really believe that every time Russ steps on the court, he's just trying to win. So yeah, he, like, he's he's like stat padding because he wants the ball because he's he so wants stubborn. To do everything, yeah, he wants to do everything, yeah. And he's I think fucking selfish. Like I want that rebound. Like right. he's not and trying Jokic, to get it for triple doubles. Jokic is like the exact opposite. He's getting so many assists because he just wants to make the best basketball play. Yeah, it's, it's Giannis is actually stat padding. He tried to cheat his way to a triple double the other night, and they took it away from his ass. Took it away. Good, the old Ricky Davis move. Yeah, it's right <laughs> off the backboard. <laughs> Remember that well. I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy, but um, I'm excited for this final stretch. We got the uh, mm-hmm. praying for a Kings Warriors matchup. I'm just praying for the Kings, man. I know last time we talked, I was like, it would suck if they just went on a skid and just fell all the way out of the playoffs. No, 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 no. Indeed, they're just gonna outscore fucking everybody and light that goddamn beam and secure Here's the two spot. In the West, like, come on, dude. <laughs> Harrison Barnes are getting kicked out of games. They're playing with fire. I Let's love go. it. Um, yeah, fun team to watch. Um, I'm gonna cry when they get bounced out of the first round, but you know, I'm happy they're gonna get a playoff game either way. Hey, they're a year they're they're a year or two away from when they were supposed to be doing this. So Correct. just making the playoffs, getting the two seed, winning the Pacific. They haven't won the Pacific since what 2000 and no, they never won the Pacific. I don't think in uh. I think those are the only banners they have in uh, a couple Pacifics. No, they if won I'm a, not mistaken, I think they do. They won as a Kansas City. They they have one in the franchise. It's not in Sacramento, but yeah, no, I just meant Sacramento banners. I think they only have Pacific Division titles, oh, which yeah. is which is really pathetic. But get another one ready. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Also, yeah, 
very excited yeah. to see them go in the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, but that'll do it for us tonight. Um, appreciate everybody checking in. Appreciate everybody supporting the pod. Um, and uh, we'll be back at it next week. Again, we're going to stick with these Thursday morning drops rather than the Wednesday morning drops. Um, check us out on TikTok. Check us out on Instagram. Give us some follows, likes, all that good stuff. And um, we'll catch you on next week. Catch you next week. Peace.